welcome to more of that presents discography the podcast where a springfield missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog one album at a time i am matt i play guitar i'm josh on bass i'm logan on guitar i'm blake and i play the drums and we are more of that Welcome to Discographology, the podcast where we travel the musical cosmos and beyond. We are Springfield, Missouri band More of That, and today we begin a musical journey of epic proportions. Today we begin talking about my season two choice for a deep dive, Dusseldorf's own musical workers, Kraftwerk. Why am I picking this group? Let me fill you all in and we'll talk about familiarity after that. Why Craftwork? After picking at the drive-in for season one, I wanted to drive a different route from our favorite DIY road warriors. I wanted a group that would influence entire genres, aesthetics, ideas, and cultures. A group with simple messages and concepts that would deeply influence music at large, while also helping catapult experimental and electronic music into the mainstream. A unit that could surpass impossible standards while maintaining their professionalism with an air of mystery. To me, this describes Kraftwerk, a group light years ahead of the curve, timeless and essential. I first became aware of them when my mom would play the Man Machine LP when I was a child. I was mesmerized by their robotic sound. Later, my Uncle Tim gifted me my first owned album, The Mix, on CD. When I started collecting their vinyl, I was just blown away by the crisp, perfect sounds that I was hearing. After becoming an inevitable superfan, my wife Jamie and I were able to see them in Kansas City in 2014 at the Midland. It was in 3D and it was one of the best, if not the best, concerts I had ever had the pleasure of experiencing. While I believe them to be in the upper tier of music royalty, I'm eager to find out if my cohorts agree. For those of you familiar with Kraftwerk, you'll know that there are about 10 proper albums. To get through it all, I've decided to cut it into two parts. The second part will be my pick for season three. Kraftwerk don't believe that their first three albums are canon, as they call it, archaeology. However, I will be including them to get a feel for their roots. The good thing is that their albums have relatively low track counts, so I will be doubling up on a few of the episodes. I promise to try to keep it short. Our first episode will cover 1970's Kraftwerk and 1972's Kraftwerk 2. From here on out, I will refer to them as Kraftwerk 1 and 2. Let's talk familiarity and how you listened. Josh? So I was only aware of Kraftwerk uh, by by their big album. So I had heard about Autobahn and and heard about some of the others. I ended up finding Trans Europe Express and, and Man Machine uh, out in the wild at thrift shops and got those and listened to those a little bit, but not much. But this time listening to the first two Kraftwerk albums, it was my first time ever hearing them and uh, really my first time ever diving deep into Kraftwerk, like really sitting down and, and listening to the albums repeatedly and kind of letting them marinate, whereas Trans-Europe Express, Man Machine, I just sort of thrown on occasionally. And I, I listened to Logan's MB3s that he had ripped for us uh, and different ways like today. 
in the car with my face covered and AirPods in uh, while I really tried to let it soak in. So that was that's my familiarity and 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 how I listened uh, for for this go around. I had heard of Kraftwerk and. I, I feel like I had maybe an idea of what I thought they were, you know, kind of coincident with uh, with Sprockets, you know, uh, <laughs> just just that that whole German uh, vibe. And, um, you know, but really hadn't couldn't name a song from Audubon, would recognize that Audubon was a Kraftwerk album but but had had never gotten into it and you know certainly my very first time through uh through both of these uh records and i was really you know and we'll, we'll get into it but you know really kind of taken aback but just you know surprised in, in a very in in a great way at, at what i found and and uh the nature of the uh, of the music is very you know kind of atmospheric and and uh, and i found myself you know doing a lot of listening uh walking around um you know I, i'm walking around to different buildings uh for for work now and um you know kind of throwing it on um you know listening at lunch if i'm you know in, in a quiet moment so uh, just you know kind of went went walking out and about with with craft work that's perfect matt that's that's really cool Walking the dog too. I that was the very first thing, you know, first time I put on rucksack. I was walking the dog, so you can kind of imagine how uh, how that that might have gone. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I had done that walking <laughs> walking around. Except the weather has sucked, but um, I admit it would put me in a different frame of mind for sure. Um, my familiarity is similar to Matt's. It's almost almost no. Uh, I've heard them almost zero before this. So I'm kind of like on a first timers journey here. I had just known them as kind of the, the influential uh, giants of of electronica that kind of all the electronic music I love kind of owes their careers to craft work. And I, I recognize that for forever. I had just never gotten around to digging into their discography I knew of their existence. I knew of of Noi. Is that how you say that spinoff band? Yeah. Noi? <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> or, or I think new. so. Um, and I'd heard a little bit of that, uh, maybe a few Kraftwerk tracks. But it, it it's really new to me. Um, strange new stuff. Cool. I listened to these tracks that Logan provided mostly in the uh, the podcast office here through the studio monitors. Sounded really nice through the monitors. Good quality. Great. I, I also want to add, I'm surprised no one brought this up, but uh, a, another way I'd always thought about Kraftwerk was the Nihilist in Big Lebowski. Because if you recall, <laughs> there's the scene where they pick up a record, and I'm pretty sure it's a parody of a Kraftwerk album cover. It might even be Man Machine, and it's the Sounds Nihilist right. music band they had. And that's, So when I had always thought of Kraftwerk, I thought of the Nihilist from um, Big Lebowski, which is, I guess, a little... Uh, I don't know. Uh, reduction, reductionist to them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that, well, that is one thing I had thought of. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, well. Josh, because, uh, you know, they, they almost are kind of a cultural totem in addition yeah. to weird being a band. German, you know, there's, yeah. yeah there, there's yeah. The, the joke in, in high fidelity where he's, you know, uh, you wouldn't know them. Our, our influences are mainly German. And then, you know, uh, John Cusack rattles off, you know, Kraftwerk and Hasselhoff and somebody else, I think. But, 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 uh, yeah, you know, it's, they're an interesting entity. 
As I've said, I'm very familiar. So I was able to pick up one of the Vertigo double LP repackages from 1973. Sounded like a dream. So these are two separate albums, but I really appreciate the repackaging them into kind of like one presentation, um, it, almost like a com complete album. I think the albums work really well together, uh, yet I think we should still review them separately. I also listen to them in the car, on studio monitors, and with earbuds on YouTube music. So I, I think that we are about ready to go unless anyone else has anything to add. Let's do it. Oh. All right. This power station known as Kraftwerk is now operational. In the late 1960s and early 70s, West Germany experienced a musical revolution by blending influences of African-American and Anglo-American music into a new hybrid form of composition. After World War II, Germany was experiencing a time where younger people wanted to create new culture, leaving behind old ways and establishing a new narrative. The core of this new genre took form as the student movement of 1968 began to pick up speed. Leftist political activism was becoming more popular and would be integrated into the German's version of experimental psychedelic rock and later experimental electronic music. The Germans wanted their own musical culture that deviated from tradition, yet would be distinctly different from American pop or blues. This new scene would be infamously coined Krautrock in 1973 by either John Peel or by UK music magazine Melody Maker, which seemed to popularize the umbrella term for the diverse German music scene among critics. Kraut being an ethnic slur can also refer to herbs, weeds, or drugs. It was also more appropriately labeled as Kosmisch Musik, German for cosmic music. I appreciate that title much more and think it accurately describes the genre. However, before the unpopular term, it was deemed German rock or free rock. I'm going to stick with cosmic music for the rest of the series. So what makes cosmic music tick? One characteristic is the motoric beat, or motor skill, and it seems to be a cosmic music mainstay, an approach pioneered by drummer Jackie Liebeziet of Can. The 4-4 mid-tempo beat pattern continues throughout, steady, like a motor, going on and on. Here's an example I came up with on my drum machine. which they had the most in common, were classically inspired electro-experimentalists can. The two acts jammed together at an art gallery, and their first official concert together was a free-form televised youth show from a youth club in Uno in 1970, before Kraftwerk had released a single album. While many bands such as Can, Popol Vuh, Faust, Ashra Temple, and Tangerine Dream would fill out the robust docket of Cosmic Crusaders, Kraftwerk would go on to influence music for generations. They were classically trained musicians, multi-instrumentalists, and had some influence from the great German electronic composer Karlheinz Stockhausen. They've often been cited as arguably comparable or even more influential than the Beatles. Yet for now, they needed to work on their craft. 
students Ralph Hooter and Florian Schneider S. Lieben met in 1968 while studying musical improvisation at the Robert Schumann University of Music and Media in Dusseldorf, Germany. Both were active in the local experimental rock scene and came from well-to-do families. Rolf had played in a couple of bands such as the Phantoms and the Quartermasters, while Florian was coming from a group called Piss Off. Both were multi-instrumentalists. Rolf could play the keys, guitar, bass, and drums, while Florian focused on flute, sax, violin, percussion, and guitar. They both joined the quintet Organization and released their first album, Tone Float, in 1970 on RCA Records. The group included Basil Hamoudi, Butch Hoff, and Alfred Monix, all multi-instrumentalists. Before parting ways for university in April of 1970, the group toured mostly under the name Kraftwerk, or Power Station. Yet RCA preferred their name Organization for the English market. Tone Float is worth a listen, and it's almost the true first Kraftwerk album. In 1970, Florian becomes interested in synthesizers and soon acquires one to begin studying it. Rolf and Florian decide to move ahead with Kraftwerk, but they needed a home base. A space to experiment and record the results. A laboratory. A space to self-produce their albums away from meddling record companies. They found their haven in the industrial part of Dusseldorf in an empty workshop. The building would boast a yellow-tiled exterior with a large electric shuttered doorway that led to an enclosed courtyard. The room was fitted with sound insulation and measured about 60 square feet. Adjoining rooms would be used for housing equipment that would never be thrown out and for building new instruments such as homemade oscillators. The studio would eventually be named from a song off their second album and founded in 1975, but this was the true beginning of the eventually famous Kling Klang Studio, Kraftwerk's private paradise. Here they would begin recording Kraftwerk 1 and 2. Kraftwerk 1. Eager to form their own version of cosmic music and test the capabilities of Kling Klang, the pair began putting their multi-instrumental talents to stereo tape machines and cassette recorders. These master tapes would then be taken to commercial studios for final mixdown. Post-production modifications to these recordings were used to distort the sound of the instruments, especially audio tape manipulation and multiple dubbings of one instrument on the same track. Rolf and Florian put together a team to help them with their first album. Returning from organization, producer Conrad Connie Plank comes on board and works as the sound engineer with assistance from Klaus Lohmer. Kraftwerk reached out to drummers Andreas Hamann, who lent his talents on Ruckzuck and Stradivarius, and Klaus Dinger, who'd play on Vom Himmelhock. The album would be instrumental, experimental, and very groove-oriented. Not only exploring psychedelic jams, they would also incorporate industrial landscapes with dreamy asides. Traditional instruments were being warped and manipulated to make new sounds. Their new home in industrial Dusseldorf no doubt had an influence on their experimentation and approach to music. Kraftwerk 1 was recorded between July and September of 1970 and released by Philips Records in November of the same year. The cover art is credited to Rolf, which depicts an orange parking cone on a white background. 
It's, it's been said to be an homage to Andy Warhol and the pop art movement. The cone represents roadwork and machinery, or men at work. This theme of men at work would become a mainstay. Inside the gatefold, an image by Bernd and Hilla Becker, two Dusseldorf concept artists, displays a power plant electricity substation. The album reached number 30 on the official top 100 German albums of 1971. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move into Kraftwerk 1 with the first track, Rucksack. <laughs> Fun fact about this track, uh, this song appeared illegally on an episode of PBS's Newton Apple. Does, uh, Newton's Apple. Does anyone remember that show? <laughs> really? I'm surprised. I remember this show, uh, Newton's Apple on PBS, but there was an, I guess they used Ruckzuck illegally and then afterwards they were forced to uh, take it down and, and uh, put up a different... I guess cover version of it, but here's the uh, original <laughs> Newton's Apple uh, Rucksack. So I thought that was pretty funny, but then uh, in that remix, there's a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> yeah, they added a bunch of stuff to it, and it's it's mainly like sound effects going along. You have to watch the video, uh, but I yeah. I put yeah. I put it in a big thing. But here's the uh, imitation Rukzuk. Say he's well preserved. Actually, he's an Egyptian mummy, and coming up on Newton's apple will unravel some of the secrets of the ancient pharaohs. Also, I'll take a spin on some very unusual bicycles. All this and more <laughs> next on Newton's Apple. <laughs> Uh, not as good. Where's the flute? <laughs> yeah, not quite. Welcome to Newton's Apple. Mom, can we have craft work at home? Made possible. <laughs> or can we can we have craft work? We have craft work at home. Exactly. No, but uh, so we've got Andreas Homan on drums. Um, I love that Florian's flute is so rhythmic. It sounds awesome, especially the opening. I love that it speeds up. Uh, it really gets set in that groove, and that that motoric beat is really driving things and uh, keeping a keeping it steady. It's repetitious, but it's like repetitiously catchy. Uh, I can't get enough of it. I, like Matt was saying, he was out walking around. Like this is perfect, perfect. Just like I'm just jacking around doing stuff, and this is great background music to do it to. Uh, Rolf's keys give it this kind of like 60s kind of feel to it almost so 
Um, it's fun to get lost in. It jams right into space, and then it pulls you right back in to that tight riff. But these trick endings on this thing are so hilarious to me. Like I feel like there's just this latent hu- humor with how they're trying to approach, uh, you know, coming to an end, and you think it's done, and then they come right back in. It's just, I think it's great. Um, but I think this is a is a fun track. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, this this one kind of took me aback because I, I I think as everybody kind of already alluded to, going into this, you think of Kraftwerk, you think of electronic music, and when this started, it really reminded me, and it makes sense of Can. Um, I I have the Can album Egg Bamyasi, I guess is how you say it, and just the organic instrumentation, uh, the flute, the dr- live drums, like it reminded me of a Can song, which, you know, they were contemporaries, so I get that. Uh, and you can kind of tell how this would fit nicely on a festival bill in 1970. You know, I could see a band playing this on, you know, with other kind of jammy, hippie-ish bands of that era. Uh, the live clip, Logan, that you sent, you know, they yep. do do Ruck Zuck at one point. Um, and you can kind of, you know, see how this is performed with the flute and everything. But and there's, there's also this there's, kind of like... There's footage of Can playing with them at that same show. Like, oh, Can is there? Is okay. also there. So, yeah, there's Can on, like, set on the other side of the little room or whatever. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, but there's undertones, I feel like, of, of it's about to go off the rails, you know? <laughs> like, it, it, the way, it, I'm going to use a lot of analogies, because the one thing we've got to get That's out great. right now is there's no lyrics on the, either of these albums. Um, and that's bad for me. Cause I don't know if you, if you've been listening <laughs> to this podcast, you have noticed, I talk a lot about lyrics and like what, you know, the lyrics are and what they mean and all that stuff. And there's none of that here. So I uh, can't do that. So instead I got a lot of analogies and this one, I was like, it sounds like a jazzy, you know, flute playing jazz band practicing, but there's this keyboard smashing demon trying to get out that like occasionally takes over and just like hammers on the keyboard before it kind of goes back into the jazzy flute based stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I dug this one. It has a groove for sure that you can kind of get into and that nice, it's, I thought it was a synth coming in waves, but if you watch the live clip, it almost looks like it's a flute that's like been processed mm-hmm. or something. Yep. Um, a bunch of times that that sort of sound it's it's a f- bunch of flute you know uh, yeah, put together overdubs. which i i didn't realize till i watched that live footage so uh kind of a neat little thing but uh, this was much more organic than i thought it would be and i and i dug that yeah it, it's funny that you mentioned uh the 60s josh and, and i definitely hear that you know that that is there but i also got a lot of like it sounds like a disco song and and the the dry you know it's it's danceable absolutely but in in kind of a, a weird and unique way um i noted the drums you know sometimes he's on the twos and the fours and other times he's just, you know, kind of throwing in, you know, accents and just, you know, really just kind of letting it, letting it take, take them. And, uh, yeah, those, those, uh, uh, I thought it might've been, um, you know, really precise delay on, on the, on the flutes, but yeah, overdubs, uh, uh, could be, um, in the mix also i i was just yeah really really uh surprised by this i love the tempo change um the breakdown at 
about three minutes really reminds me of the end of uh josh you'll know uh, not to touch the earth by the doors they just kind of everything yeah. everything kind of falls apart in a very abrasive way and and then they bring it back uh yeah the 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 false ending is just so weird and <laughs> and, and and like it's weird, but I, it's one of those, you got to give it to them because of, uh, you know, they, they've, they've created this, this, this huge, you know, this tension building vibe and then they, they let everything go and then they do it again. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> yep. I'm really, really taken, uh, by that. Uh, so, so yeah, I, you know, was, was very, very pleased. It, it was great to walk the dog around with. They do that twice. Don't they? They do that yeah. false yeah. ending twice. I feel like, it's hilarious. It's like and I thought get you once, but they get you again. I thought maybe my audio file messed up, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, the ending's coming in again." <laughs> nope. I I also th- I think maybe the song kind of fades out and then fades back in a few times throughout there. There are definitely different movements. Um, we sh- it's worth mentioning. It's almost an eight minute jam, and it's the shortest on this record, I believe. So they're all long form jams. Uh, the beat is really cool. I, th- I think that the driving motoric style drum beat is one of the stars of the show on, on this track here. And, and it's what makes it one of my favorites. Um, the flutes, from my understanding, are are processed uh, in different ways. It almost it. I, that intro is very striking. The womp, 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 womp. It almost sounds like maybe the flutes are being gated. Um so like that silence in between flute notes, or maybe it's just precise playing. It's really hard to say. Uh, the whole the whole record is it's like, where are the sounds coming from? Hard to say. I couldn't tell you. Uh, is this, is a synthesizer? Is an oscillator making this? Is is it an old organ? Is it something else entirely? An organic instrument? Uh, a lot of uh, ambiguity uh, that I that I like uh, in there. Um, I, I like the stare the the flutes are overdubbed in some parts in stereo and it sounds very nice and crisp coming through. There's the the tempo increases in a drastic way and I, I, I said the beat almost becomes frantic the the tempo ramps up so much and then it like the song crashes almost uh, into a bunch of weird noise at some point when it becomes uh, so quick and uh, I also noticed it was striking how much flange effect the song begins to use. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine flange was maybe a, a, a little less common in 1970, maybe a little more recent of, of a thing. I think the Beatles used it a bit. Uh, so maybe they weren't the first, but it, uh, I imagine it would be really striking to, if you were listening to this uh, uh, new. That might be the... Uh, yeah, lots of weird... Would that be the tape manipulation making that flange sound? Is that how they do that back then? Um, because I know that I don't know possibly. about that, that is, tape manipulation, but that could be that is a uh, way you have to you have to throw it in and out of phase. I think yeah. to to make it flange. Am I getting that right? I'm I'm, the, I'm supposed to know this, but um, uh, the earliest I, there are a number of ways flanges were yeah, go ahead. were like just you know you, you as the tape was growing, you just put your finger on the tape and you're varying the speed of the tape. 
Now, they uh, may have been doing that here. They may have had... I, I know that gu- guitar flanders didn't really uh, come onto the market, at least, uh, that I'm aware of in t- until the the, uh, the early to mid-70s. So, so there, there might have been some, some prototypes out there. The, the, I, I thought it might have been a flanger or, or perhaps a phaser, which is a similar effect. Yeah. But in, in either case, I also noted that effect that they really... Uh, they really went after it and um you know i'm 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 down <laughs> you can tell they just want to experiment with effects in general and uh they just and they just want to experiment musically that that's like what this whole thing is to me so uh it was cool it was uh, it's is not what i expected at all i don't think <laughs> so cool and weird and got me excited for what's next awesome uh rugsuck also translates to english as right now so Interesting. Huh. Um, I was going to ask that, that if you had the translation. I need the translation. Yep, yeah. I've got them. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Two Stradivarius. Fun fact, don't look this up on Urban Dictionary. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) You don't want to. I do. Uh, But strato means a layering of clouds, and Stradivarius is a type of violin. So I'm wondering if Florian is manipulating his violin to sound like a dreamy layer of clouds, question mark. Uh, Andreas Homan is on drums again. I, I think this song is cool. It starts off almost with a sinister flight through the clouds and goes into a, what sounds like a person walking into a drum set and just wiping out. <laughs> like just walking into a room. Oh, walked into a drum set, you know, and just. Hey. Uh, also, we're getting into Blake territory. Uh, the plucked strings <laughs> over the wall of feedback lends itself to the school of Trent Reznor or Nine Inch Nails. Um, I can definitely hear with those kind of like atonal almost pluckings. uh, That sounds very Nine Inch Nails to me. Uh, I really like the control of the guitar feedback. We get another speed up, like sped up into like a frenzied noise freak out. Guitar is sounding almost electronic. <laughs> I don't know how. I dig when the grooves really get going. It's it's very mesmerizing and the wah-wah, uh, it's fun. Uh, while they sound very free and improvised, there seems to be kind of a deliberate order to the chaos. Uh, what do you guys think? The first note I had was was very eerie. The, um, they're so good. And, and this is, you know, obviously kind of there's the grooves and then there's the vibes and you know, they, we have them both here. Um, you mentioned that, that very, you know, I had Halloween music. I was, you know, it's, it's the Halloween season. Uh, but, uh, the thing that really took me, um, with this was when it does get funky and boy does it get funky uh and and they just you know kind of groove into that riff uh which is such a simple riff you know um and and it's heavy but it's not you know loud or distorted it just uh i i also have some notes uh here 
the the aliens. Uh, I I feel like this is this is a spacey song again. You know, lot, lots of space themes. Uh, my note is the aliens have landed at about 12, uh, 12 minutes. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's, that's right before, uh, the guy walks into the drum set, uh, and we get that funky, funky section. And then they take back off it, uh, at around 15. And then we go back to that violin. I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in, you know, the flutes and the violins and they're just, you know, they're throwing, they're throwing everything in there and they're getting something out that sounds nothing like some flutes and some violins. It, it, it's just, they're, they're, I, I've been so, you know, interested in, in just, I, I, I never know what's going to come next. Yeah. Uh, to my ear kind of sounds like the song is based mostly around violin sounds and hence the, the title, uh, but, but processed into long drones, um, experimental electronic drones, uh, via processed violin, um, some sort of sounds that, uh, sound like a garage door opening. Oh, so once it again, it's that the cling clang front big gated door. It may, I when bet you it said is. that, when you said that, I thought of that. Maybe it is that because it's, that's what it sounds like. It's that, that literal industrial sound. Um, you know, people talk about industrial music, but when you actually use the sounds of industry and machinery, um, you often get really, uh, really cool results just ask trent reznor um who you know if there would be no freaking nine inch nails if there wasn't a a craft work and there's many steps in between there um i called the the man walking into a drum set i called it the very brief drum freak out (laughs) and um which uh, you know kind of makes your ears perk up then there's an electric guitar freak out it sounds like then it gets really quiet um, then kind of a normal backbeat jam comes in like five minutes in. You're like, okay, it w- it's been really experimental, but now this sounds like rock music almost. We got a, a regular backbeat. Um, and then it goes to double time, um, which is interesting. And you got guitar, bass, and drum. And it's like, wow, it's a rock band. Uh, I wasn't expecting this. A psychedelic wah. You get some rhythmic displacement. Uh I think I think Matt was mentioning how he's he is improvising on the drum beat and the, you know the ones and and the, the twos and fours get swapped around and we get uh, we get displaced and it builds to a total band freakout um, and then it kind of all collapses. There, there's like an, an, an ebb and flow to their stuff. Collapses back down to just violin and noise and talk about false endings. I, after that part, then we get a big triplet freak out is what I called it that the song ends yeah. on. Um, <laughs> and at almost 13 minutes, I think this is the longest one, if I'm not mistaken. Like, uh, you got to be you got to be ready for some long form jamming for sure. Um, it's it, it can be difficult. Um, but I did notice that uh, I don't know if it's remastered or or what it is but it, it was it's a nice clean sound on this recording with a great stereo image everything's really crisp it doesn't sound like some dudes messing around um in their garage on on lo-fi gear so they you know it's, they obviously knew what they were doing they had yeah, a good engineer with and them it's too. it's not remastered that's the thing like oh okay. basically it, it was released well no okay i take that back maybe they did kind of remaster it when they repackaged it uh, for Vertigo, yeah. uh, and that's what I have. But I don't think they've ever released it officially, uh, other than like when they I, first I, came I, out. I don't think so. 
So I don't know if they sequenced it this way purposefully, but it's like the first track, you're kind of like, okay, I can see how this fits into 1970, um, you know, kind of a sound. And like I said, it, it also sounds like occasionally there's a, a keyboard smashing demon that that takes over <laughs> and hits the keys. This one, you know, the last one teetered towards going off the rails. This one takes a sharp left and jackknifes the whole train. Like they've decided we're going to head straight you know, purely into noise territory here. We're all going um, to hell tonight, <laughs> which, which I will tell you does, does lose me some. Um, I, I much more prefer the, the stuff that has some, I don't know if melodic's the right word, but I don't know. I, I feel like, and I'm trying to kind of uh, today when I was listening, trying to kind of dissect my feelings on, on this, these albums exactly, because I appreciate for sure what they've done, which I feel like it's almost like if you think of a song as a structure, they've like taken this, the structure apart and then rebuilt it. And so you can recognize the parts of it. You know, you're like, okay, there's, there's a guitar there. There's drums there, but it's not in the conventional order of what that structure would look like, (laughs) you know? And and I think for me, I'm so used to seeing a certain structure. It's it's hard for me to immediately grasp what I'm looking at, um, or in this case, what I'm hearing, I guess. So uh, this one kind of lost me a little bit just because of that. I, I, I think I was not quite ready for just a lot of the noise. Although there is some, you know, it, there is some stuff that comes in in this one, as you guys have mentioned, that's uh, a little more um, straightforward is the right term. But there's some meat on the bone here uh, that I can, you know, uh, look at as more conventional and straightforward that I, I do appreciate. Um, but I think I preferred Rucksack over this. I, sh- I should have mentioned at the beginning when I was saying things that, that I knew about Kraftwerk going in. One of them is there is a, a song by the band Wilco, who I've mentioned before is one of my favorite bands, called Spiders Kid Smoke. I was wondering if you were going to bring that this up because I was. <laughs> they, they've you know purposefully acknowledged that they're trying to do like a, a can or Kraftwerk thing, and that beat is, is definitely like that. But there's a part in that Wilco song where the guitars are just like going crazy and climbing and climbing. And I have to think that they were referencing this song because there's a part of this song where I think it's guitar that's like climbing, getting higher and higher and kind of the notes are like out of sync and then they sync up occasionally. And it just really reminded me of that. Um, But I have to say Rucksack, I, I think was more my speed at this point, but um, I'm trying to learn to appreciate the the new structure that Kraftwerk has built uh, with their with the pieces they have. Yeah, it's just uh, letting it wash over you. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, so let's move right on to track three or side two, Megahertz, or that translates to Mega Heart, but it's also a play on Megahertz. get a low bass frequency crescendo into a climax only to be segued into a contemplative or meditative flute and organ part 
It's beautifully performed, and I love imagining an early spring morning out in nature. A, a Sunday morning, you know, there's dew on the grass. You're walking through a, a beautiful forest, and everything's just so peaceful and heartfelt, uh, mega heartfelt. Uh, blue, uh, mm -hmm. the, the flute is almost bird-like at one point, so I can almost... Josh, you talk about how you're missing out on lyrics like i this is like bread and butter to me because the lyrics aren't trying to push me in any direction or say what i need to be thinking um i feel like i'm actually out in nature right now and being able to just think and i i, I love that uh this would sound great on a nature documentary <laughs> i think it should definitely uh make its way there at some point but what do you guys think PBS should steal it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Logan's description was correct. This is the this is probably the most mellow track here. Um, I believe this is the one that kind of lacks a driving beat of any sort. And it's more just like a series of swells and like the swelling organ or I, I think it's an organ, some kind of keyboard. The swells by the end get so large, they're they're about to sounds like they're about to blow my speakers or maybe I, maybe I had them turned up too much but uh yeah it starts real real chill and 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 rises and 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 swells and then dies back down um the intro has like more industrial machine noise and I'm like what was that again A low rumbling noise um so I don't know if that's like really low organ notes maybe ominous or whoosh <laughs> ethereal whooshing uh, is literally in this song there's wild wailing pitch bending organ um, mellow is, is something I mellow soft and quiet descriptive words that came up for me um, I thought it was interesting when you hear like wind being blown through the flute but barely not quite making a note just kind of being blown through that stood out a bit. It's it's still uh, by track three, you know, it, it's still difficult stuff to get into. Um, and I think when Logan said you let it wash over you, that's exactly what I I did several times in a row um, to try to get into it. You just put it on and uh, yeah, you don't have like you don't have lyrics to anchor you, which I don't I don't have to have lyrics or anything to 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 enjoy music but yeah i just kind of i'm like all right i'm gonna let the, let this experiment happen to me and whatever happens happens i'm gonna hear some strange and uh and new sounds i'm, I'm trying to think of like lyrics putting lyrics to this <laughs> you know like yeah, but with the would. word megahertz in it you know it would like, not help megahertz. it like <laughs> it's real uh, it'd be bad there's there's not a lot of to attach there uh, yeah, this one goes even further, I feel like, for me in, in the noise direction. And, you know, it, it, it sounds okay. We got the phone ringing thing. It sounds like a phone ringing. Um, and Logan, I hadn't thought about the whole, like, you're in nature. It's almost like, okay, it starts off with the, the keyboard smashing demon. And it's almost like they've, they've left the practice space and are walking through the woods. And there's like a phone ringing that are, you know, yeah. is trying to bring you back to modernity. But you're <laughs> wanting to chill in the woods, you know. Uh, also, at one point, I couldn't help but think that it sounded like bacon frying. <laughs> there's like a, a like a bubbling up sound do you hear that it's like a it very well might be it sounds like they recorded bacon frying um which i'm down for it gave me a very like breakfast feel you know like 
your morning Sunday morning sunrise. breakfast. Yeah, your dew on the grass. Sunny um, day. I also picked up and put a note about that that sound in the background. Uh, like I, I said, there's an ominous sound in the background that's sort of hovering there, you know, while there's this peaceful mm-hmm. scene. But this is very much the equivalent of a impressionistic painting, you know. There's just exactly. you, you're looking at the the painting. It's a it's a landscape, uh, an auditory landscape, and 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 less. It's not really a song, you know. I I don't know. But then you kind of think, what is a song? <laughs> <laughs> a know, song is a, music with definition? lyrics, Josh. Is that what a song is? Is that the definition? Yes. Like the, these aren't these aren't songs. These are musical compositions. Technically, so technically. you you wouldn't call these songs. So yeah, auditory landscape. Uh, um, yeah, those are my thoughts on on megahertz, though, uh, Matt. Wow, <laughs> uh, this this is very much I I think the uh, uh, the the Pooh Bear in uh, in the tuxedo uh, version of, of <laughs> uh, disc, discographology that we're doing. I mean, we're we're emphasis on the ology, but um, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> once again, uh, I'm into it. Uh, my note uh, here is uh, when, when the quaaludes kick in. Um, it's <laughs> it, it is very very mellow. Um, Blake, you were talking about the the breath noise and the flute, and um, uh, I, I uh, wanted to mention something about it for Rucksack as well. It's not uh, there are electronic elements to this music, but it's not electronic music. It's it, it's a, a weird kind of chimera of electronic and, and organic music. And I, I, you know, I, I can't speak for, uh, for, for the gentleman, uh, in, in craft work making it, but I, I, I got to think that maybe that, that might've been something that they were thinking about, that they're, they're kind of juxtaposing these, uh, very, very organic, um, you know, nature sounds. Uh, I, I picked up on that as well. Um, it almost uh, had, you know, kind of stereotypical kind of quote unquote, Eastern or Asian, themes i i think at some point and and that may be a, a an element of the quality I can hear of, that uh, of the 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 flute the timber of, of the flute um i i think this this is kind of the most uh the most pink floyd uh of of the the songs um there there were points kind of uh in the middle where i i got um it, it kind of reminding reminded me of of parts of echoes mm, but yeah, um, i can hear that you know i uh and then the alarm clocks again you know a, an acoustic uh, auditory source when you know but manipulated in, a, in an electronic you know way and and paired with you know with electronic elements i it just um i, I again i'm i'm into it and it almost sounded like a movie projector was was starting up at the beginning uh which mm-hmm. i also thought was kind of a neat uh you know okay you know grab your popcorn folks we're going to watch this uh <laughs> this short film <laughs> Cool. I, I really love hearing everyone's interpretation. Since there aren't any lyrics, uh, we all have to kind of form our own conclusions. And so that's cool to hear. Uh, so next we're going into uh, From Heaven Above or Vom Himmelhock. <laughs> So fun fact, Klaus Dinger is on 
the drums. So he will go on to form uh, part of Noi in the future. Uh, but he sounds especially good on this track. Uh, the keyboard sounds seem to be emulating airplanes, sirens, or bombs dropping. Uh, the pulsing drums and the keys seem to churn with a conscious awareness. Um, slowly, it kind of slowly speeds into another into another groove. Um, I like how it sounds like it's it's ending. Um, like this is lost out in space, and I feel like this is true cosmic music. Now we're 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 getting lost out there. And we get this climactic ending, uh, putting an end to whatever war was happening musically at the end of this. Uh, it's 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 a crazy track, um, but I do I will not uh, act like you know I I've trained my ears over time to hear pretty abrasive sounds, uh, so it's not. Uh, but I can tell that there are some sounds on here that can be uh, considered abrasive or a lot of noise or something like that. And it's, it's definitely different from your, your normal type of music. So uh, I, I kind of start to feel it by this point. And I'm, I'm just really glad that like, Oh, well it's, it's good that there's only four tracks here because I think at this point with the length <laughs> of the songs, I'm, I'm, I'm good on the, the noise for now. So I, I'm glad uh, everything you said, Logan, I, I agree with, um, and, and it's funny cause it just occurred to me that I think I misinterpreted this title slightly. So, uh, but not entire. I think I still am in the right ballpark here. Um, so this one, when I saw the, the name Von Himmelhawk, the, the first thing I, I thought of was actually Himmler, the, the Nazi. And oh, I, God interpreted this whole song in this because i was that made me think about how okay the the musicians craft work you know these are the kids who it was their parents generation you know before them that would have went through the war and everything and mm. and then you talk about the plane sounds and so i did have this thought of like you know war. if you think of again like war but you think of like paintings and i thought of uh, picasso's guernica and in that specific painting and how in it, you know, Pablo Picasso has all these abstract Ooh. shapes, but he's using it to depict the, the bombing of Guernica by Nazi planes, you know, in the Spanish Civil uh. War and, and the horrors of that. And so that's where I really drew it. It wasn't until you just said heaven above that I realized it's <laughs> Himmel. Like, but at the same time, I still, it's funny you said the planes thing because I also got there for some reason thinking Himmler the whole time, but yeah, that's, that's what made this. That's where my mind went with this song. And so or song, see, I use song again, Blake, sorry. You can say song. You can say, uh, this, 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 this painting, this, this auditory painting. And, and because of the, the title almost giving me that direction, this one really hit me more than the other two before it, because I had a very clear idea of like what I thought, the message was almost like that they were trying to kind of reflect on, on where they're from and you know, what the upbringing, cause I mean the, the time that they're growing up, it's not too long, you know, like they were, <laughs> I don't know what year they were born, but you know, I'm guessing it was not too 
you know, long after that time. Yeah. And so they're, they're definitely living in an area that they would have seen, you know, probably still a lot of repercussions and a lot of people that were still alive that had lived through the war. And so that's what I thought of with this song. And, and because of that, I was able to really, I appreciated this one, I think more than the last two for sure, because it, it had, it gave me a very clear kind of visual image and you know, there is a groove that comes in a little bit. The drums kick in about seven minutes. And when the drums do kick in, it actually gets kind of like rocking for a second. Like you kind of get this groove yeah. going. Also, I thought the way the drums start reminded me of someone throwing punches. How it kind of like increases in frequency and intensity as the time goes on. And then you get the, the kind of the groove that burst out there. And then the planes come back again at the very end. So uh, this one, I, I had a very, I had a lot going on uh, listening to this one. Uh, in in my head for sure man your your take of that made me appreciate it more be yeah I'll get i mean to my go, go look at pablo picasso's guernica while well, you listen to this to song and you'll get an idea of what i'm saying is abstract yeah thing about bombing yeah but uh, send send that to me yeah and, you i will know, where does from heaven above that's where bombs are dropped well yeah them, right? yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> you for know? sure and i mean but himmel was not himmler but th- for some reason that's immediately what i thought of with himmel was Himmler than the, the well, Nazi. Yes. So yeah. anyway, Very um, yeah, Matt, it's funny that, that you, speaking of Himmler, <laughs> no, um, the, uh, you thought of second world war, uh, the, the Vaughn, I guess, you know, I, I, I kind of thought of with the plane noises, um, more of like, uh, you know, great, great Baron or, or the red Baron. That's, that's who he was. He, he was a Vaughn, um, and uh, I, I think this is the most synthetic uh, of all of the of all of the songs, um, you know, and uh, I, I wonder if, uh, you know, all of, you know, all of the, this discussion that we've been having, I didn't know about the fr- uh, you said from heaven above. Is that is that the translation? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know, and that, that that I was I didn't know that. And, and it's interesting that that I was, you know, uh, you know, we're all thinking of planes and, you know, they, they're emulating planes, obviously. And um, I, I have this as it's their their most industrial, you know, uh, of the songs. Uh, they're they're really working the oscillators, and and to the point where where it's it's more it's more just noise than than melody. And you know, we've been talking about how we how we don't have lyrics, but I, I think we do have voices uh, in 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 sections here. You know, they're 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 emulating uh, uh, you know speech or or at least that that's that's how I you know interpreted uh some of what's going on uh banging gives way to groove gives way back to banging uh is uh is what i have <laughs> i think this is a good bookend with, with ruckzuck um you know it's kind of a a nastier more aggressive ruckzuck you know and then yeah as if there was any other way to end this record it just kind of all breaks down and falls apart in, in into noise uh, uh at the end i, I really enjoyed it yeah, well, now everyone's got me thinking about it way deeper than I was. Uh, <laughs> I also didn't know the, the translation till now, but now it's called. It's all falling into place because I was getting, I was getting airplane motors and, of course, explosions. I like that the whole album ends with, um, like, the bombs have fallen down and we hear these explosive rumbles. Almost sounds like an early video game explosion, maybe. Um, I thought it was a cool way to end the whole thing. Um, the song really does start to rock at a point when the 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 drums come in 
um, and it's doing a rock back beat and then doing a lot of fills and triplets and, and cool showy drum stuff. Before that, I, I was thinking about it on a much more shallow level, I guess, but I, I also noted the uh, strange drum hits coupled with the squealing, um, I called them squealing motor fart sounds. <laughs> I would love it if they like were voice. like, let's record a fart and then flange it. <laughs> like, that's actually, we're, they, we're yeah. thinking about it all deeply in craft work. We're really just like yeah. fart into They're the microphone like, we, we and we'll flange it. It's just a fart song. Um, yeah, and that, those squeals, the motor squeals and the drum hits, they, they become a rhythm. And then things start start to get more in, interesting, and then they devolve back down into rumbling uh, explosions. Um, it's a long, strange, interesting experiment, which I guess describes all four tracks here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our superlatives. My banger, you know, it's... I guess I'll go. I think we're going with Rucksack. I feel like Rucksack is the most, uh, the the one you'd put on, you know, to to show somebody like. Although it's not really indicative, I guess, of the whole album, but it is, it is the most rocking of of the album. So I'm going Rucksack. I think I'm going to have to concur with you, uh, you know, it, in that it's uh, your, your metric of it's the one that I would put on, uh, you know, certainly uh, is, is 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 similar. To, you know, shares elements of of bangerness. Yeah, I also said Rucksack for banger. It, it's got a, it's got a beat and a a little uh, a musical refrain, I guess, that kind of sticks with you. And I also picked Rucksack because Whoa. it's just so unanimous. The rare memorable. quadruple banger. And I just wow. love uh, the whole Newton's apple uh, little thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I gotta go with Rucksack. Don't sleep on it. My don't sleep on it. I gotta go with Von Himmelhawk. Uh, it, it just, uh, I felt like that episode of It's Always Sunny where, where Frank dresses as Ongo Gablogian and he is at the museum and he sees the painting and he's just staring <laughs> at it. Like, that was me with Von Himmelhawk. I'm like, this speaks to me on a deeper level. I'm I'm tempted to go with Von Himmelhawk, you know, because I, I've I thought we had a really interesting discussion, but I, I think I'm going to go with Megahertz. I, I really, uh, you know, really enjoyed those uh, those telephone bells. This is this is going to get weird quick with four tracks and we have four different superlatives. So we'll see. Oh, good point. Um, I thought we were going to I almost thought we'd have another uh, unanimous don't sleep on it because I also said Von Himmelhawk. There's there's a lot going on there. So, um, Matt, I'm right there with you for megahertz. It's good. It is good, and I just, it's the most meditative, and it's something that I, I can really get lost in. Okay. All right, I'm going to be the spoiler. I put Megahertz as my skip it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just found it the one I had the least to to say about. Like, Stradivarius is also Josh hates for nature. Me, but it, I feel like Stradivarius at least had the interesting guitar stuff going on. Uh, Me Megahertz kind of lost me. Josh doesn't uh, like peace. I don't. I like the the planes bombing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he likes bombs. He likes war. <laughs> I, man, I... 
I don't know if I can do it. And and that's the whole thing is that for as for as as you know long and drawn out as all of these songs are, it's only a, like a thirty nine minute album. You know, it, yeah, it, it comes and goes faster than you think. So I I guess if I I would say you can maybe skip parts of of Stradivarius if you had to skip something, but you know just. It's only 39 minutes. Put it on, go take a walk, and then you'll come home and you'll feel better. Yeah. The real answer is it's a four-track album. Don't skip any of the four tracks. But if I was forced to, I also said Megahertz because it's the one without much of a driving beat, and I'm always biased toward those sweet drum beats. Uh. I would also vote not to skip anything. And I really enjoyed Josh's take on this one. And it really changed. It actually changed my final vote of the, uh, I'm going to have to readjust my scores. Um, Mm. But if I had to skip, it would be Vom Himmelhawk. I think uh, just by the end of it, I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, at the same time, it's, it's a cool track. And I really do appreciate that that other layer that you're shedding light on okay so here's my idea we do von himmelhawk but we intermix it with sound the sky makes which is one of our songs more of that songs streaming now on spotify uh and other streaming services Uh, you know it's a song about bombing sound the sky makes from heaven so i think we combine those two we do a mashup (laughs) <laughs> uh, count me in i'm i i'm on board let's do it i said we should try to do rucksack <laughs> we because, need a flute I mean, player <laughs> it, it, you could emulate the flute on guitar it's got a beat it would be fun I, I agree i can get i've made my guitar sound like a flute and i'm going to prove it later <laughs> <laughs> nice. okay uh so i voted to cover stradivarius mm. i i think that would okay be an interesting cover so this is really hard because there's only four tracks and we usually do number of tracks you like divided by you know the the final and and so when i do it that way i i gotta say ruckzuck and von himmelhawk are really the only two i would go back to so that gives it a 50 percent, which makes it sound really low but i'm, I'm gonna stick with it you know what damn it i'm sticking with it so i'm gonna say 50 percent or 2.5 out of five flutes there's four tracks. It, 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 this is a four cone record. Uh, I, I I just <laughs> cannot cannot get over my uh, pleasant surprise at, at at how this differed from what I thought that it was going to be, and how you know it, it just I, I I I didn't I was so surprised that this is what it that this is what it was, and I, I've, I've 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 just been taken by it. Um, what was your score? Uh, it's four cones. Four cones. Four cones. Awesome. Four, four tracks. tracks four cones. cones. Wait, is that a hundred percent? Then no, out of five. Yeah, four, four cones out of, f- out of five. Out of five. Okay. Yeah, I I think the percentage. I gotta come out and say I think the percentage approach on something like this with four tracks is doesn't quite work for me. So um, I gave it three out of five. Stradoveri. Don't Google it. Um, And I said, I'm always in favor of experimenting uh, with new and unusual things, even if the result is not incredibly fun to listen to. No, I don't consider this fun, but I would 
put it on uh, to set certain moods, maybe. Um, or if I was in certain moods or certain altered states, even. Um, I, I like that I'm at, I'm questioning what is creating all the sounds that I'm hearing. I, I may never know some of the sounds. Um, historians may know. But there is a sense of you you get a sense there's this whole thing is as much for the enjoyment of the experimenters the improvisers as there as it is for for me or maybe more so for them than than for me um but it's nearly impossible to give this a rating in the same way that i would like nirvana or something it's not in the same universe but i just landed on three out of five I think this is a very cool collection of craftwork relics. Uh, knowing the history and their background, I can totally understand where this is coming from. While at times it is challenging, I find myself treating it like an art collection. When something just starts to sound like noise or is too harsh, I try to look at the context and how it connects to the overarching theme. For the time, this was cutting edge, full-on exploration of the cosmos. While I usually sit in listen to albums from front to back, I almost enjoy some of these as more background or almost meditation. I like walking around or driving and just, you know, just experiencing life with this on in the background. Uh, But some of it can be as effective, uh, maybe is not as effective as it was back then. Jarring and alien. It's almost a haunted house of scary sounds, cosmic jams and peaceful beauty. I originally, I think the, the, scoring system worked perfectly for me um and because i liked three out of the four tracks landing me at 75 percent because i was gonna like well i think i might leave out von himmelhawk but since josh kind of convinced me um i do think that the this under the layer other layer there is uh can bump it back up so this is a uh five out of five hundred percent for me and i didn't nice. expect that that was going to be so now we'll move on to Craftwork 2 here in a moment, but let's take a break. Craftwork 2. In 1972, the duo followed up with Craftwork 2, picking up right where they had left off with further experimentation. This time, Rolf, Florian, and Connie Plank, the sound engineer, created it all on their own. According to Rolf, nobody wanted to play with us because we did all kinds of strange things. Feedbacks and overtones and sounds and rhythms. No drummer wanted to work with us because we had these electronic gadgets. This album would feature no synthesizers. The instrumentation was largely electric guitar, bass guitar, flute, organ, harmonica, xylophone, electric piano, and violin. The electronics used were more in the realm of 1960s tape-based music with heavy tape echo on the song Strom and reverse and altered speed tape effects. However, Rolf was unable to focus only on recording. Rolf's parents weren't very supportive of his music lifestyle and would have rather seen him in school. Rolf would return to university for eight months in 1971. Recorded at Star Music in Hamburg between September and October of 1971, Philips Records again would release the album in January of 1972. The cover would be the same as one, but the cone would be fluorescent green with a two. 
Rolf had to forego the touring at the time to devote to his studies, so Florian reached out to drummer Klaus Dinger and guitarist Michael Rother to fill the gap. Both musicians would go on to form the group Noi. A year later, Vertigo Records repackages Kraftwerk 1 and 2 as a double LP in 1973. On the official Top 100 German albums of 1972, Kraftwerk 2 reached number 36. Neither albums have been officially reissued or remastered modernly. We'll talk more about that next episode. We're going to get right into it with Kling Klang. song translates to ding dong cling clang translates to ding dong <laughs> uh, fun fact the name of this song would later become the name of their private studio cling clang it was also featured on their 1975 compilation album Acceler 8 uh, the bells and chimes at the beginning remind me of my grandparents grandfather clock they also may be influenced by Carl Stockhausen, the father of electronic music. It's nice, smooth. Um, it's this jam is introduced. I believe this to be an early, early precursor to the song Autobahn, which we haven't heard yet. But uh, I'll, I'll be excited to maybe do a clip back and forth uh, side by side or something because they're very similar. Uh, no live drums this time around, which I kind of miss. Uh, it sounds like the overall pitch uh, changed. Uh, was this due to the tape manipulation? The tempo changed too, but there's no live drummer, so it seems like it would have had to have been like the tape manipulation. The chill part of the song is nice and sleepy, very soothing and lush. Uh, great opening track. Not as rocking as, like, say, Ruckzuck, um, but more varied, perhaps. Uh, Florian's breath uh, is also like its own instrument, I feel like, in this song. Uh, the final movement of the song is a nice pick-me-up. It's almost train-like and rhythmic. Um, at times, it's almost Radiohead-like. Yeah, I um, I have this as the the slightly more mellow Ruckzuck. Um, you, were, you were thinking about your, your grandfather uh, clock, um, I couldn't help but think about time by Pink Floyd. And I, I, I think, yep, I had I think that this in my notes as well. <laughs> preceded this by, uh, by a year or so. Um, I, I, I love that, that kind of just riffing on that suspended four chord, uh, just has kind of a, you know, almost a bright and hopeful feel, um, uh, initially. And, and then yes, all, all of those, those tape speed effects, um, really kind of, you know, put it into a different key and kind of, you know, even though it's the same thing, it sounds very different in that, uh, in that different register and, and they go up and they go down and, and then Sonic Youth comes by, uh, you know, later on. And, and I really enjoyed that also, you know, the, the jangly guitars and the violins, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great, uh, a great opening track. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, I, I also had bells and chimes, uh, in my notes and it reminded me a bit of, of clockwork. Um, 
I, I didn't think of, of the song Time, but I, I should have. That, that's a good comparison. What, what stuck out maybe the most to me in this one is that um, it's a, uh, a synthetic drum. And so I'm, I think what I read is that it comes from an organ. You know how like organs will sometimes have a little built-in drum machine. I don't know if that's correct, Logan, but the, that little beat is coming out of maybe an organ. Well, I, I um, I'm not a hundred percent, but I I think that on this album they had uh, little electronic drum machines. But with these guys, who knows? And they're so secretive okay. about their yeah what they use and what they do. Right. Uh, so I I can't say for sure. I I, I did like that it, it it's an evolution. Yeah, using the the drum machine, and um, it, it it's almost like the the fake drum is is kind of doing its own little motoric beat. It's just like the dun 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 dun, mm, dun, yeah. dun and of course just the, the the yeah it sounds exactly like analog tape being sped up and down and of course the pitch is going to go up and down with that uh, it really it goes on forever and ever but you, if you kind of look you have to look at it as several different songs in one there are different movements here I think my favorite movement is the final part, um, as Matt was talking about, the guitar gets abrasive, and so I thought that was pretty cool. It in, it ends on a nice jam there. Sonic Youth's a good comparison. It's almost a raga. I was you know just, uh-huh. just thinking um, you know it almost has as like an Indian influence you know like a uh, they, yeah. they get some sitar sounds out of it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it is sitar. Yeah, I think I got most of what everybody said already. This is the longest one I think we listened to. It's seventeen minutes. Yeah. Um, I did wonder, you know, how do they know when one song ends and another begins? Because, <laughs> like, this one has multiple movements that are not necessarily well, similar. They punch uh, in uh, at the like, beginning at Kling Klang. They punch in their card and they just spend, you know, a full work day. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah. I guess so. Uh, the, the one thing I did want to point out about this one or say was, uh, you know, I like how it's got this kind of s- sounds like soothing, predictable, kind of more conventional music, like soundtracking an educational movie or something. But then it like around the seven minute mark does that lurch forward in speed. And then it like the, it increases again later. And it's almost like you get this feeling of discomfort. And I was thinking it's kind of like the idea of the uncanny valley, but musically, you know, where mm. you just feel like... Like something's a little off uh, yeah. here. Like it's it's not normal. It feels normal, but it's not. Um, well, and, that, and it kind of gave me that feeling. That's a great analogy, Josh, because you know, like the the uncanny valley is you know like digital representations of of you know visuals and and you know they're they're literally changing the the you know it's they, yeah. it's recorded at one at one you know frequency and and through their manipulation. It, yeah, it's. Uh, the, that's a great, uh, yeah. great comparison. Well, I'm going to need you guys to take a deep breath, a deep, deep breath. <laughs> and that translates to atom. I'm going to be honest. Uh, at first listen, it's easy to write this one off. But after multiple, this might be one of the scariest tracks I've ever listened to, especially <laughs> in headphones. I really get the vibe of being left alone out in space, 
like Jim Ward out in space. Almost 2001, sp- 2001 Space Odyssey out in space, you know, just floating out there with no one to, it's like, bye-bye, there you go. <laughs> it's like, you only can hear yourself breathe. And, you know, humans breathe and they have a heart rhythm uh, with an electrical current. Um, and I think that could be kind of a theme they're playing on. Uh, vibes of isolation, uh, consciousness, open space, cosmic abundance, uh, exploration of another planet. Um, this is kind of like the true cos- cosmic music experience here that uh, they're really kind of getting into that kind of territory. So uh, like I said, first listen, it's easy to write it off, but man, now I, I really do enjoy it. What do you guys think? Well, I, I do like that uh, that sh- brief little experiments are thrown in here after the extremely long thing we, we opened up with. Um, I, first of all, I do want to know what sort of electronic filters they're running the breath through to make it sound sort of, um, Darth Vader-y or, or, or far more interesting. Um, since there's not a whole lot left to say on this one, I, I'd like to, to posit what, uh, Adam Steiner in his book about the downward spiral uses uh, a phrase, the man machine mystique. Uh, a great bit of alliteration uh, that describes uh, kind of that unca- uncanny valley we were just talking about, not knowing the ambiguity between is it made by machine, is it made by man, is it somewhere in between. And of course, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, if Steiner got took that phrase directly from Kraftwerk, obviously, man-machine. Um, but that's that's just all over their work here. Uh, it's, some, it's a thought I kept going back to, the man-machine mystique. What are these sounds created by? Um, and the 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 breath uh, perfectly encapsulates that, I think, in this sh- short little experiment here. I uh, I put down this as live sound of me on my CPAP machine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all hey. I can think about. Is like wow. yeah. they recorded me at night. Uh, me too, which is bro. A very, by the way. A middle-aged man thing to say. You guys both got the... Yeah. yeah. Uh, No, I don't really... I mean, I have nothing to add to it. It, It's it's, it's breathing sounds. Uh, Logan, you're... Like you were saying, I I changed your mind on Von Himmelhawk. Your description there made me change my mind a little bit on this one. Um, It actually made me think of one of the scariest Ray Bradbury short stories. Uh, I used to love Ray Bradbury as a kid, and there's one story about a uh, astronaut who his ship has blown up, and uh-huh. the story is just no. him talking on his headset to other uh-huh. astronauts who are also floating, and oh they're God. just talking about how they know they're never going to live, like they're just floating. Cool. And uh-huh. the end of the story is he plummets to a planet, uh, and a kid sees a shooting star and wishes. But that that... <laughs> that description of like floating in space made me think of of that short story by Ray Bradbury that's terrifying. Yeah. So you made me appreciate this one a little bit more, for sure. Good, good. Yeah, um, I, I, you got me thinking on, on this one as as well, Logan. Um, that, that's that's a great uh, pull on the short story, Josh. Uh, for for me, um, you know, obviously, it reminded me of like a transcendental meditation exercise where you're focusing on your breath, except like in the upside down <laughs> where it, it's just, a, it, it's sinister transcendental med- meditation. Uh, yeah, just, it's just very, yeah. very sinister and, and spooky. Excellent. So, uh, we'll move on here. 
death as a kind of a theme for this last one. And so Strom, the title of this one, translates to current. So first we hear radio static or interference. So that makes me connect to a current right away. We've got these radio waves, this current, you know, uh, of, of radio static or interference. Then electric guitar with almost a, a similar kind of tone and slowly turns into a dreamy psychedelic trance similar to pink floyd's careful with that axe eugene uh it's hard to tell how they check the intonation of the flute like sometimes it, it, sle- it seems slightly pitchy but i i feel like it's probably on purpose a little bit but it it gives it a unique feeling of strangeness or dissonance or that uncanny valley of like something's not quite right here and when I think of current and craft work, I automatically think of electrical current and, and power station, and the, and that's what craft work translates to. But there are parts that make me think about it being carried away by a river current. Like I'm leaning towards electrical, though. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? This is the one that, after a few listens, really drew me in. I, I liked this one quite a bit. Um, it. it it gave me the mental image of a uh, like a, a old spaghetti western duel or something, but like in space, <laughs> you know, like the the way the the tension building and the guitars and everything. I just imagine these two gunslingers like facing off in a town square, you know. Uh, but also, it's there's something slightly off, as you indicated, Logan, and you know, it's not quite as straightforward and conventional as just two, you know, old West movie stars facing off there. It has to be that they're in space or something, you know, it's, it's they're in the Moss Eisley, uh, spaceport on Tatooine and star Wars or something. Um, so yeah, I really, I, I appreciate it. I liked this one quite a bit, actually. It, it was, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also immediately thought Western, um, of the spaghetti variety um i I love those high flute chords they're just yeah it's just very you know very very mellow but intense um you know there's uh i I don't know if isaac hayes coined the phrase but but there's a there was a a genre of soul called that was called quiet storm um hot buttered oh okay uh (laughs) and, and this this is kind of the this is kind of the uh the spaghetti western um version of, of quiet storm, uh, music. Um, the, the people making the, the cowboy bebop show should, you know, should, should, should call up these guys. You were talking about space, uh, Westerns. And, and then that, uh, noisy static guitar at the beginning. Um, it reminded me a lot of, uh, we, somebody had mentioned Radiohead earlier. Th- that reminded me of, uh, the beginning of hail to the thief where, uh, it's just kind of the first good, uh, mm-hmm sound that that uh johnny greenwood you know made plugging in his guitar you know kind of opens up that records and, and it's not open in this record but but still that kind of just the noise that your guitar makes uh, you know when it's not dialed in yet yeah i i also got that tuning a very dirty guitar is kind of what what it sounded like to to open up the the track here um this should have been in the movie uh, The Thing because that was Ennio Morricone doing sci-fi. Mm. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's a really awesome score just as a sidebar. Um, yeah. 
it was interesting to me how after after the sort of tuning noises at the beginning, it's followed by it's reminiscent of of playing guitar into a really shitty old cassette deck. So it reminded me of childhood a little bit, uh, playing around with my play school cassettes. Um, but then um, the a cleaner uh, tick-tocking guitar sound came in, reminded me of of clockwork or um, you know tick-tocking was the uh the descriptor that came to mind um it is weird i clearly know nothing about german because when i saw the title strom i i could only think of the word strum and i was like oh is does this mean strum the the entire sound of the song to me is seems to be based around the strumming sounds of of guitars um and it's just like a, a short little meditation on on the act of strumming of course with the whistle noises come in, which I guess are generated by very processed flute. And, and that, that, that adds a lot as well. But uh, yeah, I, I love the strumming. So you guys have mentioned uh, film and spaghetti Westerns or, you know, a Western. Um, uh, there are next track at Spule 4 translates to real four. And I wonder if they're talking about, you know, a, a reel of film, hmm. uh, and how that plays into it. Let's let's listen. So we get some string play on this song. Uh, the bends get really uh, psychedelic and frantic. Uh, also, it's very Stockhausen-like. I wonder what excited them about this track enough to put it on the album, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the end does get a little bit more exciting in its defense. Uh, what do you guys think? Is it guitar or bass harmonics? I can't really tell which but uh there's more it's more sinister at the end that theme of of sinister lurking in the background is is coming around again uh it's it's okay uh but it, it doesn't excite me that much uh what do you guys think definitely uh you know kind of Overall, I think this this is a, a mellower record uh, than than the first one, and and this is another one in uh, in that mellow mellow mode. Um, I get a lot of Adrian Fortress vibes out of this. I, I forget which uh, huh. which song, but I, I would love you know um, love to be able to, to love to know if, if if they had been um, listening to this when when they uh, when they were working on that. Um, I, I don't have a lot of notes on this. It's it, it's it's very low key and. Um, uh, you know, kind of transitory. Um, but you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good track. I kind of thought of it almost as Strom the sequel because it continues the the dirty string noise and the very guitar guitar based uh, sounds from the previous one. Just experimenting with more noise, um, all the the slide sounds, and really focusing on the noises of of. Uh, sliding uh, up and down the strings some sort of bouncing sound comes sounds like you're bound they're bouncing a ball on something i don't know if it's on a guitar string or what but i was like where did that come from um i do like when they start using decay or not decay delay delay effects on the slide guitar um 
I think this album has a bunch of cool use of the of the delay effect and just a lot of unknown electronic noises are coming up and I'm guessing they're they're all generated from guitar but they're still they're still mysterious um so yeah a, a strange one but not not to, not entirely unpleasant see this is the one that I got Radiohead vibes on um, you guys already mentioned, uh, Matt, you mentioned the beginning of Hail to the Thief, the, the two plus two. Wait, can five. I guess, can I guess what you're going to say? What guitar sound does the beginning sound like a Radiohead song? Is it called Hunting Bears? No, I, oh, you're right. I had that thought as well. No, Electioneering, the oh. very beginning of oh, Electioneering yeah. has that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I uh, love that song. very similar. Yeah. 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 Um, and I could totally see Johnny Greenwood being a, a, yeah. a craft work guy. Uh, this one I just had down is very much a low simmer. You know, if you think of like you, you, you turn your stove to a simmer and you don't, <laughs> there's no, <laughs> nothing's boiling. Nothing's going to be, uh, you know, popping. It's just a real low simmer. Uh, although I did have this thought when I saw spiel four of like, is there a spiel number five? That's like mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> this is spiel number five uh by the way i want to point out lou bega is german so hmm. there you go lou bega Related? german Kraftwerk german oh man i, I think they could, spiel they could be, number five mambo number five they could Mash definitely up. be yeah. on the same wavelength or what well in lounge <laughs> if you will Ooh, uh that's yeah, what it translates to that's a transition So we, we get more string play and more harmonics. Uh, I dig that spacey echo. Uh, this one is repetitive, uh, but it's in a way that's so relaxing and uh, meditative to me. At one point, it reaches like tool-like instrumentals on a much more mm -hmm. relaxed scale, of course, but uh, and much less complicated. Uh, we get another physics and sound reference with wavelength. Uh it's, it's a bit overly long. Um, there's no percussion whatsoever, and I feel like it could have helped pick up the song a bit. Um, it's strange that there's like little bass, uh, or no, I'm sorry, uh, there's a strange little bass and guitar duet in there uh, that I, I really like. And when it finally goes double time about five and a half minutes in, it really starts to get going, but still could use a drum machine or, or just something, but... I really do enjoy this track quite a bit. Uh, I, I don't mean to downplay it. What do you guys think? Um, well, when it when it gets to this point, it, it really became clear to me that this is a guitar-based album, whereas maybe the first one was not. So it, even though they're kind of of a piece, they, they are uh, instrumentally pretty different. Um, it, so it's a little... It's more of the same uh, strums and slides and, and decay... I keep saying decay, delay effects on, on the guitar. I also really noted a, a bass and a guitar doing call and response, mirroring each other. Um, perhaps they're, I think maybe they're Im improvising and, and doing little back and forth 
uh, mirroring. Uh, I, I don't know if it's improv or not, but I got that that vibe. Um, I also like when it when it speeds up the eighth notes and it's more driving double time. Um, it's cool when they the guitar and bass finally harmonize with each other rather than just mirror. Uh, when it when it gets closer to ten minutes, it, it is kind of like okay, now they're just messing around. Um, uh, and it's, and it's, it's jam, it's jam music to a certain extent. So, you know, it is, it, it is just messing around for a long time. They were probably playing some live shows where, you know, people are zoning out. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm sure I'm, I can't, I can't, can't imagine what that would be like, but it would be a trip for sure. But yeah. You know, I, you did just remind me of something, Logan saying live shows and I, I don't know if you found this in your history, but I, I I'm thinking again about they're in Dusseldorf, right? It's in at this point Germany's divided, uh, so you have West Germany, East Germany, and, and I kind of think about you know living in West Germany, they're doing this crazy kind of improvisational, experimental music, and how it's almost like they're I don't think they're doing this consciously at all. But it's almost like they're kind of pushing the limits of artistic freedom because their mm. countrymen to the east are not able to do that at all. We you know are I mean? gonna put this in socio political context. No, really, it kills us. I listen, uh, Pooh Bear with a suit. I love on. it. Uh, tuxedo. <laughs> oh, you're on. right. You're right. No, you're but right. I'm thinking about like how it's just East Germany is is at this point is such a an authoritarian lockdown state that creative expression is is not really allowed in that system and exactly. they're over here in west germany and they're going to take creative expression uh -huh. to the nth degree you know um so i just think i don't know you made me think of that anyway back to this song though <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know if i have much to add you guys haven't said i also picked up uh blake as you said this is a much more guitar oriented album than the first album yeah. um seems much more focused on that and this one even has some kind of almost twanginess at one point um and i do i do like the sort of duel between guitar and bass that happens um but yeah it almost feels like strom spuel four and this one are of a piece you know these yeah. these three kind of this trilogy of guitar oriented songs um, so yeah, uh, for sure. I, I get what they're putting down. I'm on, I'm on the wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny that you mentioned that Josh, cause I, I also kind of considered, uh, th those, those three tracks kind of as, um, as a suite. Um, I, I had no idea that, that Kraftwerk invented post-rock, uh, because that, that's kind of the, the vibe that <laughs> I, I got here. Um, I'm, I'm for it. I do think it's, you know, they, they definitely luxuriate, uh, in it um and 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 yeah the the um the improvisation and and yeah the call and response that you've mentioned is really good i i really like the ending where they're, they're just strumming four chords i i think that kind of put a really nice little um little little bow or, or star uh to um to finish the uh, the kind of extended jam that they were on, but yeah, I, you know, I love all the sounds. It just sounds good. All right, so we're going to come to our closing track here, track six, harmonica.
So I like the effect and how it sounds, um, but I would like to hear maybe some other sounds paired with it. it. It's very minimalistic, which is cool in its own right and will work to their advantage in the future. But I would have liked to hear them do a little bit more here, but maybe that's not what the point is. Again, I'd like to know what they found exciting about this one to make an entire track out of it, but it kind of ends the album on a maybe not a bummer note, but just more of a contemplative or somber note. Uh, the last three tracks kind of felt a little bit lacking to me, maybe with the exception of uh, Wavelength. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. Maybe this one's just a little undercooked or a little underdeveloped. Uh, but when you're experimenting with sound, I guess uh, I would just expect some parallel experiments going on with it or something. However, the song title does not lie. Its simplicity offer offers not much comfort. Uh, I wonder how much Rolf was able to focus on this record and with his parents and not, I guess, uh, being supportive of his music and school hanging over his head. So I don't know. What uh what is the instrument? Do we did you say that? Is or? it just harmonica? Is it a harmonica? It's not it didn't sound like a but, harmonica. Well, processed? I, yeah. yeah, I think it's been processed. The same okay. way how you can like you hear the air being pulled in and yeah. Yeah. pauses, you know. That's the thing, like Florian had like a some kind of cool setup for his flute, you know, because they made their own like a lot of their own shit. And he just had this I don't know how he did it. You'll have to watch some of the videos that I'll be sending you guys and you're going to see all kinds of crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, I think it was because it had the sort of clear chord progression and mood, uh, more musical than some of the others in a lot of ways. Uh, and so I think I, I latched on to that. Um, although it is like kind of jarring cause there would be the pause and I would like, okay, I'm waiting and I would maybe turn it up a little bit and then it would be like, come in with the, the harmonica yeah. or whatever. And I'd be like, ah, okay. I got to turn it back <laughs> down a little bit. And then, you know, it kept going back and forth, but uh, it's almost soothing um, except for the fact that those pauses and the kind of lull uh, gives you some false comfort. And then it kind of gives the jarringness again of the harmonica. But I, I did enjoy uh, the, the more musical aspect of this one. Uh, my first note is that this is Josh Bate. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it, I think it's a great ending track. Um, you know, one more Radiohead reference. This reminds me of motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, but I got, I get yeah, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but but kind of the uh, the, the stripped down version of that, and uh, it's interesting that. Uh, I feel like just the the construction of 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 a harmonica and 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 how the notes are laid out and you know because it sounds like he's he's just going up and down that harmonica and and just that's that sequence of chords that is is almost kind of mechanical in in how it you know and how it changes interval I I I don't know uh, I I think this is a good track uh, to to round out the album. Um, again yeah could could be a little jarring you know with is it done and I, and I think that's just quality of harmonica tone in general is that sometimes it can hit a frequency where it's just you know it'll make you wince a little bit but um but, yeah. but overall i think this is a nice kind of you know soothing mellow outro to a uh, slightly uh, more soothing and mellow album yeah uh, i i like that it ends with a more a more brief mellow thing 
Uh, it's more that they really, for a, a group that I thought was purely electronic, they really are liking wind-based sounds, which is, you know, a harmonica is a wind-based organ. It's called a mouth organ also. Uh, that that sounds gross, but um, maybe it's a harmonica with the tape speed slowed down. All I know is that it it gave me this uh, nostalgic vibe for those you know those cheap uh, chord organ uh, or yeah is that the thing that's that has the fan that blows the air through it yeah. uh, my grandparents had one of those and so that's all I could think about it sounded identical to that and they they eventually gave it to us and it's one of the first instruments I messed around with uh, as a kid. Um, so that's what it made me think of. Uh, it ends the, the first one, Kraftwerk one ended literally with a bang, uh, sound of bombs. This one, uh, ends, uh, not maybe on not such a strong note. I might prefer the way the first one ends, but then this one hmm. just kind of, just kind of fades out on, on harmonics. It, it is, it is a more musical track. This one be, because it, it's in the name. It's way more har- harmonic than, than uh, the other stuff, I think. All right, well, let's uh, move on to superlatives. So for my banger, I am going to go with Strom. Uh, I I dug the Western vibe of it. It's not really a banger in the uh, sense of like Miley Cyrus there says banger, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it's the one I enjoyed the most. Um, Although uh, if I have to choose between Rucksack from the first album or Strom, I'm going Rucksack, but... Strom's my banger for the second one. My banger is Kling Klang. Uh, out of the gate, they're uh, they're hitting it hard, and, and perhaps it's cheating to 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 select a a long song for your banger because you get you get lots of stuff in there. But uh, but my banger is Kling Klang. Yeah, I I also said Kling Klang. You you put a an early proto drum drum machine in there with a driving beat, and you're gonna you're gonna get my attention. Uh, Matt and Blake, we are all three two for two with Kling Klang. <laughs> oh, I Ooh. fucked it up. Uh-oh. Don't all right. I'm, I'm going to go with Harmonica. Um, and and also, uh, I, I did have the thought, is there a movie that you could play a Kraftwerk album to? Kind of like Dark Side of the Moon. Ooh. Like, I feel like Harmonica you, would You should just it. try. You should try some different movies and see what works. Movies, see what works, yeah. Harmonica. Don't sleep on Strum. Check out that uh, that that creepy Western scene. I said, don't sleep on Real Four Spule Four. Um, it's uh, it's like Strum's uh, bigger bigger batter brother. I'm saying, don't sleep on Adam breath because that was the <laughs> true cosmic experience for me it scared the bejesus out of me the the thought of being alone <laughs> in space and only hearing my own breath my skip it is actually adam logan i'm sorry <laughs> oh it's all right I, I'll I get you here Adam, in a second, but but I I, I think <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, so you can skip uh, harmonica if you, if you wish to. Uh, I I think you've you've uh, got me on board a little bit more with with Adam there, Logan. Again, it's only six tracks. Don't you don't need to skip anything. I I, I said uh, 
Adam, because, you know, if I had to, I guess I could take out three minutes of breathing. It is cool, though. Uh, yeah, sorry, Josh, but I'm skipping harmonica. Oh. So my cover might seem a little bit out of left field, but I, I went with, uh, is it Wellingang? Adam. Wellingang? Adam. Wellingang? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, and the reason I did it is because of all the bass stuff. I was like, that'd be kind of a fun little, like, guitar uh, bass yeah. Duet thing to try and figure out. So I want yeah. the wavelength. Velengong. Velengang. I also uh, want to get on the wavelength. I I thought that the, just the idea of covering things that are long improvisational pieces <laughs> is, pre- is pretty funny to me. But uh, weirdly enough, I said, let's cover Adam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how fun would that be? Just all sit around breathing. Just breathe. It's a symphony of our souls. Uh, I'm, I think it would be cool to cover Strom. I think that Western vibe, I think we could do that. We could make that, adapt that to a cool vibe. That's a good one. I think oh, we yeah. could do it. Yeah. All right. Thoughts. All right. So I actually think when I really went down to the number of songs and all that stuff on this one, I, I actually think I like this one better than the first album. Um, I, I just felt like there was more here for me to, to latch on to. Um, I agree with Matt. It's a much more, um, soothing down tempo kind of an out. Maybe soothing is not the right word because there's some jarring stuff in there, but it, it's definitely a, a chiller record than the first one. And, um, I would say other than Adam and maybe Spule, um, I liked most of the songs, so I went with, uh, you know, four out of the six songs or uh, 67%, which I just rounded up to 3.5. So 3.5 out of five spules. I, I can't remember if I've used this example before or not, but uh, I, I, had a, I had an English uh, professor talk about what what does, you know, the question isn't what does a poem mean, it's what does a poem do, and I we've talked about how we don't have lyrics. So, you know, the, these are kind of sonic poems or, 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 or mood pieces. And, um, you know, both of these records, you know, as, as I've said, I, you know, have, have really been, you know, surprised with, with, with what I heard. Um, I think there, because there are more tracks, there's, you know, there's a little bit more to, uh, to perhaps quibble with. Um, I, I might like, uh, Craftwork one a little bit better than this, but I do like you know stuff here very very well. Uh, and in the so to the extent that I'm going to give this uh, three large traffic cones and three small traffic cones for a total of three and three fourths traffic cones. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so three point seven five. Um. So yeah, it. it it could be a double album, but when you really get down to it, they are they are pretty different in that this is more uh, maybe more organic uh, and guitar based. The first one was more keyboard based. Um, this one lacks the drum kit. That one had it. Uh, this one's maybe weirder, and maybe that's because it lacks a normal beat. And it it's you know it's ambient long form experimental music um i'm i'm not gonna put it on and and bob my head and be like yeah this slaps but i might put it on to set to set a mood once again um 
I'm not even sure yet what that mood will be. Hopefully I'll figure it out. Uh, but I appreciate experimenting with, with sounds that, you know, may have never been heard before in, 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 in the world of recorded music. Um, and I appreciate that, that so much, uh, entire genres were, were inspired by this era of experimentation and what was going on in this scene, you know, ignoring all conventions. Um, not something I'll listen to for enjoyment, but I, I do, when you really get deep into it, there, there's a lot to appreciate. I gave it three out of five clangs. Um, so not, not better, not worse than, than one kind of, kind of above a piece. All right. Uh, this one is also plenty interesting and it experiments even further than its predecessor. Uh, while a lot of these sound experiments were in their musical infancy, today it could be considered, I don't know, less innovative and maybe a little bloated at times. I love the cosmic exploration. I'm totally here for that. But maybe it's time to bring these test subjects back to the lab for refinement. Uh, again, there are some highlights and even early hints of what's to come in the future. Uh, so I gave, I changed my score on this one again and raised it just a little bit, but Josh, I'm right there with you with a four out of six tracks. I didn't care for, uh, harmonica and, uh, spule four. So that landed me 3.5 out of five lonely Jim Ward space breaths. And, uh, that's 60, (laughs) 67%. Uh, but I also really do love the album. Um, like the album that I have is a, it's a double and I listened to it all the way through and, and that was a really cool experience too. So it, I, I think it does work, but yeah, like Blake said, they are, they're, they're kind of different. So. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, all what's right. next? Well, yeah. Um, great introduction to craft work there. So next we're going to be doubling up once again, we're going to be talking about Rolf und Florian and Autobahn. So that that's your homework for next time. Uh, I'll send uh, some videos uh, your ways, guys. Uh, also, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, we're looking forward to the Craftwork journey. Uh, in preparation for that and in celebration, I made a track where I tried to think about uh, the motoric beat and what I would do if if I made a song uh, with the motoric beat starting out. So uh, I made a little song called uh, Motoric Fantastique, uh, which you'll be able to find the full version over on my uh, YouTube, uh, Logan Williams Music. So I'll have that up soon. So, uh, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. And here we go. Motoric. Fantastique.
Vox Audio.